to heaven with the goody goodies dressed in white. I like black Tims and black hoodies. Gotta probably have me on some real strict shit. No sleeping all day. No getting my dick licked. Hanging with the goody goodies, lounging in paradise. What have Fuck you picked shit. for us? <laughs> Going back. I love this song. This is my, probably my favorite from Ready to Die. Crime after crime, from drugs to extortion. I know my mother wish she got a fucking abortion. She don't even love me like Heavy, though. Yeah, it's real, you know. Yeah. Biggie was going through a lot. I wonder if I died, would tears come to her eyes? Forgive me for my disrespect, forgive me for my lies. That, by the way, it's called Suicidal Thoughts. The Notorious B.I.G. So sad that he's not here anymore, because if this is what he was doing when he was so young, like, this is... Early Biggie, you know. Yeah. Matt won't let me play this one at the bar anymore. Yeah, you can't play that at the bar. Come on, like, it's, too it's a dark. little too much. It's a little too much. It's a yeah, bit heavy. like the vibe in the back is fine, but it's like the you know, dick getting licked, suicidal thoughts stuff. It's just a little too much. Yeah. Have you ever played a song where someone's like, ah, oh, there's a lot of swearing and a lot of n bombs and stuff? Because you guys. Uh, are pretty uh, easy going with the kind of music you play. You don't have many filters, except no, for maybe this one. We do notice that certain vibes kind of get the crowd in certain moods. So you have to be careful because we want the vibe and the mood to be right. So we've tried to tend to steer towards sexy as opposed to aggressive. Um, but there's a lot of sexy Biggie songs you can play too. So yeah. Biggie's, Biggie always goes over well. Yeah, sad story. Man, there was a real rift between East and uh, West. Like, yeah. it's crazy. You think, like, and he, until he you says see that it. Tupac was his buddy. Like, they they enjoyed each other's company. They worked together. And that, that whole, he had nothing to do with that. So you really wonder if we lost two great rappers because people were caught up in the story and the lies. But also it was uh, it was like different rappers had associations with different gangs and so they would get sucked into gang wars and mm-hmm. stuff and taken out as a result of that. I mean, how sad. Yeah. How sad. Oh my God. Can't imagine. Yeah, that was, uh, what was, it? they were in Vegas, right? When he was shot and killed? He was, he went at, to. At like a big uh, boxing match or something. Was there a Tyson fight that night? I, I forget was, what it was. No, I was under the impression that he had gone to uh, California to promote his new album called Life After Death. And he wanted to kick off the promotional campaign in California. And people in the Tupac camp thought that was insensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, even like Life After Death the name of the album, you know, you don't know, does that have something to do, whose death is it? But if you look at Biggie's other albums, you know, Ready to Die, he said he had to be ready to die just because of the way he grew up. And when you stepped out every single day on your front porch, you had to be ready to die. Yeah, I'm getting it mixed up. Uh, Biggie died, you're right. He was in Los Angeles. It was a drive-by shooting. He was 24 years old. It must be Tupac. Tupac was shot in Vegas, I think. Um, People told him, no, Tupac was shot in New York and he was going to a record. No, 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 no. That's what I heard. He was going to a recording studio and it, a place where Biggie often recorded and he got shot out. Oh, you know what? This was the first attempt on his life. He yeah. got shot out front and he assumed that it was Biggie's camp. And Biggie said, I had nothing to do with that. But maybe when he actually did die, it was in Vegas. Yeah. But yeah, you know, who knows? It was Las Vegas. He was 25. And I think there was, uh, yeah, they were going to some event. And man, what a shame. What, what a, a shame. shame. 
totally a lot of talent lost like through those wars back in that era of uh of rap and hip-hop music very sad I've been sucked into so many artist documentaries lately. Like I've watched the Biggie one. Yeah. I've watched uh, the Whitney Houston one. I've watched the Amy Winehouse one. And I'm on the Britney Spears one right now. And they're all so compelling because it's all people that are dealing with this thing called fame. And from the outside, it looks very glamorous. But from the inside, it just seems to really suck, you know? It really does seem to suck. You have it's, to have the right skill set and you have to have the right like predis- predisposition to deal with that level of fame. You, you know? know, Whitney Houston, for example, she had an entourage that would roll with her and she was giving them like $250 million a year, just people who are hangers on. And those people, you know, Whitney is a person. But she is the reason that everyone's coming to these concerts and stuff. So do you think anyone had her best interests in mind when it's about money and they're getting paid so much? They were like, get you know, keep the concerts going, no matter how much she maybe was crying for help. You know, uh, that is exactly what we've talked about a hundred times now, which is being surrounded by the right people when you're famous is like, you is a necessity. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if you're not, they will bring you down a path that, you know, in some cases, like Whitney's case, you'll never recover from. Yeah. You know? And Amy Winehouse, too. Well, I would say, like, Justin Bieber was headed down that path at one point in time, and then he he just, like, managed to steer away, and he's one of the lucky ones who was able to, like, You're right. get a hold of his life again. Because right. he was definitely hanging around the wrong people, and they well, were not great influences on I, him. I think oftentimes, too, you get people who are suffering from addiction who cling to these celebrities and and get them hooked on these drugs like with amy winehouse she dated this hot guy who uh was kind of like a club scene dude in the uk always always with a different woman every single night he did drugs him and amy dated and then he ditched her broke up with her a lot of her songs were about him as soon as that album became huge as soon as back to black came out this dude's back on the scene oh hey you know and now they're together again and they're just doing drugs all the time have you watched the defiant ones which is uh kind of the backstory of jimmy Iveen and dr dre no and that i haven't seen those world ones. oh yeah that's a really good one that's a long uh that's at least there's four episodes in that i'm pretty sure and it was really good you watch any of that bundus uh, no, I haven't watched any of that. That's a good one. I haven't watched any music documentaries lately. You just, uh, I mean, it's a different world today, but back then, like, just seeing all the different, you know, uh, roles that people played and, you know, they talk, uh, like, Dr. Dre, obviously, and his story. It's all, like, NWA and, and that mm. life and then how he ends up with this, like, white dude representing them mm. or... Um, it's even, a really good story. Even Britney Spears, like um, you're watching this and you're seeing a woman who's going through a divorce and paparazzi culture was different back then. It was like at a fever pitch and they interview paparazzi guys and they're like, you know, I came to L.A. to be like a f- I wanted to make movies. But the how lucrative it was. You get one shot of Britney Spears and Actually, the shittier she looked, the more money you would make. Of course. Uh, It's like a million dollars for a photograph. 
Well, certainly back then. Now everyone has a camera. Right. That's every the world is paparazzi. Oh, if you're at an airport, like that. imagine you're at Toronto Pearson. Yeah. You're waiting for your flight, and all of a sudden you see uh, somebody famous walk by. Let's just say Brad Pitt. Okay. What's the first thing you do? Well, I wouldn't take out my phone. You wouldn't? I would send him oh. the eye. <laughs> I'm like, how do You'd I work like, on this? I'm too cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, 98% of people, the first thing they do is they pull out their phone because they want to get a shot of Brad Pitt. And so they can throw it on the gram or on uh, TikTok and be like, look, I'm at the airport. There's Brad Pitt right there. Right. I mean, he's not walking through the airport. The guy flies private. <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah, but, you're right. You know? It's different now. Thank God. Because what would you do, Bunny? Are you, are you, you're not really a phone guy, like in terms of, uh, would you care about that? If you saw Margot Robbie or someone uh, no. cruising down, would you be like, oh, I got to get a shot of that? No, because the moment I take out my phone and start taking pictures of them, I look like a tourist. Like, Oh, yeah. You are, you're always so cool. Like, you want to be cool in this situation, like Mora, yeah, right? Yeah, like, I'm not going to let Brad Pitt or Margot Robbie phase me. I'm going to be like, oh, cool. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Yeah. What's your name? Oh, so, oh, you're Brad Pitt? No way. <laughs> yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well, you guys also, are the minority. Trust me when I say that. I also prefer to, like, live in the moment and take in Brad Pitt as he walks by as opposed to fumbling for my phone and trying to get it out in time. You know, you you end up pressing pause on life when you're that kind of person. Yeah, but it's, there's a difference between meeting someone and then also just seeing them. You know, when we were at that Lady Gaga premiere of the documentary about her at TIFF. Yep. We're standing there. She literally, like, we're second row in this lineup to get into the theater. Mm-hmm. She comes right up in front of us. Yes, uh, I know I was filming her because it was a red carpet situation. I mean, that, that's what she was there for. Right. She's there to be filmed. So there's publicity around her movie. Mm-hmm. And we were there for work and work would have killed us if they knew we had a chance to like film Lady Gaga and we didn't. Mm-hmm. But that's what everyone was doing. Cameras up, looking down at her, you know? Yeah. And then she'd take the odd one and then do a selfie. She'd turn around, take a picture and <laughs> hand the phone back. Yeah. That's all people want. They want the picture. It's... And then as soon as they have the picture, they're not even looking at Lady Gaga. They're already starting to upload it to like whatever platform. I remember one time I was in... Uh... Miami and I was at the W Hotel and I was with uh, my girlfriend at the time and the elevator comes down door opens up and there's Michael Bublé holding a glass of whiskey in one hand and smoking a cigar in the other hand Come on. coming out of the elevator. <laughs> was he filming a commercial? Like, <laughs> what are the odds? It was like the coolest thing ever, right? It's like yeah. and smoking a cigar, they let him do it, right? Cuz it's, it's Michael, Michael Bublé. Do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And um <laughs> I just like I thought it was so cool. I just wanted to like just talk to him and like you know I had a drink in my hand. We're standing in the lobby now, but my girlfriend's like gushing over and wants to take a picture, so he he obliges of course. And he's like, "You want a, you want one too?" And I'm like, "Nah, man." Like I just I just wanted to like talk to the guy. I thought he was cool. I didn't yeah. I didn't need to take a picture with him. I just thought it was cool to talk to somebody like that. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it would be. I would. I mean, the phones have changed celebrities' lives big time. Yeah, like in the Britney Spears documentary. Britney's having um, a day where she's uh, in a uh, going through a divorce. She didn't lose custody of her kids, but Kevin Federline had the majority of custody. I don't know what the balance was, but she was on her way to go to his house to see them. And, you know, essentially the paparazzi are stalking her. And harassing her and following her everywhere she goes. Of course, yeah. So she goes to K-Fed's house. He's not, it's like private gate, you know, he's not going to let her in. 
she goes around, like goes to a gas station, gets some gas or something, and she goes back and tries again. But this is kind of a woman who is like going through a fucking divorce publicly, and she can't see her children. So and people are filming the and whole people process. People are filming yeah. the entire thing. Like it just seems so wrong to me that that was allowed. Mm-hmm. And is it still allowed, or is the paparazzi culture? If she's in a public place, they're allowed to film her. It's just very sad. When you're out in public, you have no uh, right to privacy, as far as I There's know. There's helicopters following her. Yeah. You know, like, fuck, could you imagine? I, I couldn't imagine. I'll, I'll give you one example of the one time um, I, f- I didn't even, I can't even compare what I felt to anything they felt, but I was in a Best Buy once mm-hmm. and I asked this guy a question and he's like, are you Tucker from the radio? <laughs> I, this never, wait, it's wait, never happens. Wait, okay? wait, 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 wait. Uh, You're yeah. at a Best Buy. Yeah. Who did, like an employee? Yeah, I go up. I'm literally, I can't remember what I was looking for, like an iPad or something I was buying. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, where do I go for this? And the guy's like, oh, are you talking from the radio? And actually, this was just after we were fired. Oh, okay. Like maybe 20, <laughs> it was 2018, but like maybe in December. Okay. I think I was looking I was looking for AirPods to give to my wife for Christmas. Oh nice. That's exactly what I was looking for. And he's like, "Oh my god, um my girlfriend's never going to believe this. Can I get a picture with you?" And I'm like, "Sure. I don't really care, you know." <laughs> we take a picture. Then he's gone. He's like immediately he's like he starts texting. He's like, "Thanks, man." And then he turns away. And instead of like having an interaction with me like oh like how's it going or whatever right. you know like if i met someone that i uh listened to or i uh, liked enough that i would ask them for a picture i'd probably want to talk to them for a sec have an this experience guy, all he wanted was the picture so then he could send his girlfriend and be like oh i just met tucker right. while working yes he's here he chose evidence instead of an actual like moment with you yeah and again I don't, I don't pretend to think that people give a shit enough about me to want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a once in a probably, it may never happen again. But in that instance, I was just like, wow, I just felt a little used. I was just like, <laughs> oh, you just wanted a picture and then he was gone. And I'm sure, you know, celebrities who are at a dinner table at a restaurant or something and someone comes up and interrupts them, which drives them crazy. Yeah. And apparently most celebrities are just like, you know, when I'm sitting with a group of people, don't come up to me if I'm having dinner or whatever. Totally. Uh, it's different if you're, I guess, on the move or something. And then, yeah, you ask for a picture, and then it's like, thanks, and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, you just interrupt me, and now I'm like... One of the moments that made me feel sick in the Britney doc was like a paparazzi during this moment where she was having a crisis was like holding the camera, and he was being interviewed, and he's like, I was concerned for her welfare, so I was asking her, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? All the while, while holding the camera up. Yeah. It's just like, fuck off. You don't really care. Actually, you're hoping she isn't okay, and that was the moment she got out of her car, she had an umbrella and she fucking trashed the side of his car. And he said, uh, it was a very bad day for her, but it was a very good day for us. And he was the guy that got that famous shot that was on the cover of every magazine. Yeah, yeah. I, I can think you of already it right now. Know I think it. it's still a meme, you know? like It's 100%. It's a meme for, you know, having a bad day. Yeah. And isn't that sad? Yeah. We just like, we bring these people, these famous people, we put them on this pedestal and then our greatest joy is to tear them down. Just seems wrong to me.
You know, Lady Gaga talks about it, the fame monster, she calls it. Maybe that's why celebrities wear sunglasses everywhere they go, because it does feel like a shield. And it's not even uh, just like entertainment celebrities. Anytime somebody gets put up on a pedestal, there's always a group of people are looking for a way to bring that person down. Yeah. Perfect example was, uh, and this is going back a bit, there was this pilot who landed, uh, I believe it was an Air Transat plane that mm-hmm. had, uh, there was some miscalculation or sensor problem, whatever that happened, they ran out of gas for this plane in the air. And this pilot, like using all the skill that he had, you know, brought in through his life, managed to land this plane in an area called the Azores, which is like off Portugal in the Atlantic Ocean. And it was kind of a miracle. He was able to glide this plane for long enough to get there and then land the plane safely. And then they started digging shit up on the guy like, oh, he used to be an alcoholic, an alcoholic, whatever it was. Like, I, I forget what it was, but he had something in his record. And instead of just celebrating this moment where this guy saved a plane full of people, mm-hmm. they start digging into his past, finding a way to take him down. Yeah. Because you put, you're up on that pedestal, <laughs> better bring him back down as quick as possible. What is up with that? What is, I mean, it's, it's a sickness But that's kind of human nature in a way. Well, we it's want to know that they're just like us. Like, yeah. Brittany was so beautiful. We want to see her. That, uh, they were interviewing a guy from, um, is it Us Weekly or US Weekly? I never know. The, that paparazzi magazine? magazine. Oh, it's Us. It's Us. Okay, yeah. so they were interviewing a guy who was an editor there in that era for a decade. And he said, it's all about showing celebrities when they're just like us, when they don't look that way. That's what people want. That's what people will pay to see mm-hmm. is uh, a celebrity looking a little bit like an average Joe, right? Yeah. Thank God you didn't get famous Bundus. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it, there's a lot of great things that can come with fame, sure. But it seems like uh, if you just want to like have if you just want to have a quiet day, like it doesn't seem like that's really possible, you know, to just like kind of like uh, fade away into the crowd and like sit at home in your pajamas, or if you need to run into the store and you just you don't want to like put do your hair, you just want to put your sweatpants on, run and grab a carton of milk or whatever. Doesn't seem like that's quite possible for these people. It's just too bad that I, I, I've been wondering, and I'm not done the Britney Spears documentary, but I'm wondering why she didn't move away from LA and pick like a community. Yeah, well, that's what I, I was just going to say based on what Bunda said is I feel like there are places you can go where people don't care about you, or you're so remote that even if they do care about you, they can't get close to you. Mm-hmm. But like then I, it depends, right? Because if you want to, if you want to build your brand, if you want to like, but well, that's the thing. So and that's where her kids. Some lived. people are partially <laughs> are partially responsible for the own monster that follows them around. Like you're telling me that at some point in time, Kim Kardashian wasn't calling somebody or her people were calling somebody to let them know where she was going to be so she could be photographed on the way in and out in order to build the brand. And uh, and that's why they, you know, they're going to the most popular clubs and restaurants is because they want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, but a lot of them. It's part of the industry yes. right? and the machine. What I love is when I hear stories about like Bradley Cooper takes the subway in New York City and he just, all he really has to do is put on like a, a baseball hat and maybe some sunglasses and people aren't really looking for him there. Yeah. And so they don't really notice him a lot of the time. He must love that too because he can turn it on and off. Bradley Cooper can look like the sexiest man alive and somebody you just see on the subway sitting there looking at his phone, right? Yeah. He, he can kind of disappear. 
I'm sure Britney could too, to be honest. You got to get a better disguise. Yeah. Right? But she didn't want to leave LA because her kids were there. That's what that was about. Yeah. Man, you got to watch this doc. <laughs> you got Her kids must be pretty old now. I mean, we've been following this Britney story since I was like a, her age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels I know. like it anyway. Yeah, they got to be like, they got to be almost... Late teens? Don't you think they would be like 16, 17 years old? I guess so. Now I'm looking. You know what? Something... 15 years old? Yeah. One of them is 15 and the other one is uh, 14. You don't hear much about Kevin Federline these days either. No. I guess he's just collecting his, uh, whatever you call it... Um, like spousal alimony, support. spousal support, thank you, and and whatever his half of the child support would be to make sure that their life is comparable to the life that they would have with her. I would say the one benefit that has come from all of this is that mental health, we don't joke around about that anymore. And all that stuff she was going through, like they played a clip from The Family Feud, and the category was things that Britney has lost. <laughs> oh, no. You know, how inappropriate. And yeah. I think the number one thing was her mind. Oh, and, geez. and one of them was her marriage. And, you know, uh, <laughs> all of the, and how much fun everyone was having guessing at the things she's lost. Like, can you imagine that today? We got to cancel Family Feud. That's it. <laughs> it's done. Over. Yeah, no, not appropriate to, mm. by today's standards. No. Which I think is a step in the right direction. And by the way, it wasn't that long ago. This is like... Early 2000s. Not that long ago, guys. That- hey, yeah, speaking of things being canceled, you know what I can't believe hasn't come up yet? Because, you know, Pepe Le Pew was just removed from some movies because mm. he's the uh, character, the cartoon character, who's always, like, forcing himself on other female skunks. And, <laughs> like, you know, v- yes. v- very much not taking no for an answer. I'm, I'm waiting. Nobody's brought up James Bond yet. When are those old Bond movies going to get canceled? Or are they going to have to start running warnings at the beginning of them? Mm -hmm. Because there were a ton of movies where he would basically grab someone who is resisting and then kiss them into submission. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how far it's going to go. Like in the end, I don't really care. Uh, I'm not one of those people that's going to be like all anti-cancel culture. I mean, I think in some instances it is extreme and probably unnecessary, but I'm not going to like die on that sword. Mm -hmm. But I'm just waiting to see how far it will go. You guys haven't seen anything about like old Bond movies being like shut down? No. um, It's going to happen though. It's got to if they're like getting rid of cartoon characters and stuff. Well, I think the children are the concern and I I have Disney Plus and I haven't, you can set it on a parental control where that any any one of those old shows that would normally have a warning come up, uh, it won't even play if your kid is controlling the controller. Whereas like I can see those, you can still see Pepe Le Pew, but there will be a big disclaimer before it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we got a meeting to attend. We got to go to a meeting. We got to go to a meeting. It starts in one minute. So (laughs) sorry to just abruptly end this podcast, but uh, we all got to be somewhere virtually at the same time. Yes. But thanks for checking out this podcast. I mean, every old movie, it's not just Bond movies. There's tons of, like, inappropriate interactions with men and women that were all scripted in. All right. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.
suicides on my fucking mind I wanna leave, I swear to God it feel like death is fucking calling me calling Nah, you wouldn't me. understand Nigga, talk to me, please, man You see, it's kinda like the crack did the pookie and New Jack Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.